You're listening to a Rock Candy podcast. Hi, I'm Peter Santoscano. I host Bubble and Squeak here on the Rock Candy Network. I tell personal, revealing stories. She whispered, did you just masturbate? Because I felt a terrible presence of evil enter the... I make prank phone calls to the past. Heimbach. General Star, Elijah Heimbach speaking. How may I help? Into the future. <clears throat> because my boyfriend and I are just not having enough sex. Always a problem with the pop sex. Yes, you just have to listen to it. It's too hard to describe. Check out Bubble and Squeak wherever you listen to podcasts. You're listening to Brown Sugar Diaries with Erica Michelle. The chronicles and misadventures of a plus-size brown girl navigating life, love, and healing. Make sure you follow me on Instagram at Brown Sugar Diaries, on Twitter at BRWN Sugar Diaries, and on Facebook, Brown Sugar Diaries Podcast, on YouTube, Brown Sugar Diaries Podcast. You can send me an email, Brown Sugar Diaries Podcast at gmail.com, and visit the website, Brown Sugar Diaries.com. Welcome back to another episode of Brown Sugar Diaries. If this is your first time tuning in, welcome. If you are a returning listener, hey sugar, I hope all of you are washing your hands, wearing your masks, taking your vitamins, eating well, practicing social distancing, drinking your water, moisturizing, and minding your damn business. I hope everybody had a great week last week, and I hope you're having an uneventful week thus far. I don't have any current topics this week because... I just want y'all, I hope that everybody has registered to vote in a lot of states. You're able to early vote, and I hope that you guys have exercised their right, and that's the only thing that matters to me right now. I hope that you you guys are going out and voting and staying the course, and um, just voting shit. Like, <laughs> that's all I got. I really just want everybody to vote, like, exercise their right. Um, it just... I would love to tell you that even if even if you really don't care for either party, like, do something. Just vote. Like, because this makes absolutely no sense. Oh, I guess technically I do have a current topic. I really need you guys to go and enter this raffle for my nonprofit. Like, please go and enter this raffle. Pretty please with sugars on top and cherries and with cream and shit. Like... Please go into this raffle. It's one of our biggest fundraisers, and we really need y'all's help. But um, this episode, we not like we just gonna dive straight into it, and um, yeah, it's gonna be a really good episode with a really good friend of mine, um, a long time from friend of mine. I hope you guys enjoy it. But we're gonna dive right into it after this ad. Okay, all right. I just think it needs to be said. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, why? Why should we? Do we really need to? Is it okay if we don't? You know? Yeah. Anyways, so y'all, welcome back to another episode of Brown Sugar Diaries. I have a longtime friend of mine. I don't even know at this point how long we've been friends. How long have we been friends? 
Um, what's this year? 2020. Yeah. Um, we were in the ninth grade together in 2005. Uh, so 15 years. <laughs> damn. We coming up on two decades, bro. Like, that's... Yeah. Jeez. But anyway, it's my girl, Andrea. I ain't gonna say her whole name. Even no. though I enjoy saying her whole name. And she just side-eyes me. I can always feel her side-eye through the phone. Um, <laughs> but today's episode is called Why Should I Get Married for a Reason? Because we're both approaching 30. Um, her before me, actually. I just wanted to put that out there. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> and she has been married. I have not. Um, I'm actually afraid of it. Um, And I just wanted to start a conversation, have a conversation about, you know, not that we're racing against the biological clock or, you know, having this goal set of being married and having kids by whatever age. It's just, why is it important? What has she learned? Um, What can we take from her, those of us who are single and, you know, considering getting married or have hopes of one day getting married and... I just want us to just have a talk, a real raw ass talk about this bullshit called marriage. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, I wouldn't say it's all of that. <laughs> <laughs> what would you call it? What did you learn? What did you do? Like, tell tell us your your story. What was your journey to marriage? How, what did that sure. look like? Um, so I am currently 29. I'll be 30 in January. Um, the ironic part about turning 30 in January of 2021 is the day before I turn 30 will be my fifth wedding anniversary. Mm. Um, don't, don't clap. Hold your applause. Um, we are not together. (laughs) Um, but, um, so my journey is, I, I guess I'll answer the first question is what would I call it? Um, despite the fact that my marriage did not work out, um, I will say did not work out because we currently are not together. We are still legally married. Um, you never know what could happen. Just putting that out there. Don't know what might happen. Um, but what I would call marriage is a beautiful work of art. Um, if you've ever been, um, into like performing arts and the visual arts, you have some painters who will start with something that looks so disastrous. Um, they might, it might not make any sense to you. Um, but once it's completed, the work is completed, it becomes a work of art and people come from all over the world to admire it. So I would say that marriage is like that. Um, it starts off super disastrous, not even in the bad sense but just in the sense that it, it can seem a little chaotic um it can seem a little messy um going through getting to know somebody it's just something about when you sign that paperwork um you can live together my husband and i lived together um for six months before we got married um during that time those six months we were also engaged um and it's just something about the paperwork being signed that just it changes it changes something so um i met my husband in 2015 when i was um in tulsa oklahoma um wrapping up my master's program and we went on one date i knew that he was like something to me i didn't know we would be married for sure um at that time i was not really looking um to get married if i was the girl that if you asked my five-year plan i had my plan around my career 
um, which included like finishing my MBA, um, getting my CPA for um, accounting, um, and things of that nature. I marriage was not in my in my um, wind, windshield, so that was um, interesting. And I kind of knew that he would be something to me because I knew that I wasn't looking, and it just so happened that he popped up. Um, and then that was in like June of 2015. Um, he proposed at Thanksgiving around my family that same year. Um, we got married in January, like I said, the day before my um, 25th birthday, if I'm not mistaken. So that was my journey to getting married. Um, really quick, we had no kids. Everybody was questioning why we were getting married so fast. I think even <laughs> Erica questioned if I was pregnant. No, I didn't. I knew damn well your ass wasn't pregnant. I knew nothing. I said, no, nah, she's just in love. She ain't pregnant. Because, <laughs> player, come on now. One thing, of, one thing about it is I told him, if I were to ever get pregnant and we were not married, do not marry me yeah. solely because I'm pregnant. Yeah. Um, it would have been ideal for us to be married before we had kids, which we, we still do not. Um, but I do not believe in rushing a man to do anything because then he will resent you and he will begin to feel like that is not a choice that he made for himself. And essentially, that is the man's choice of if he wants to marry you. As much as we don't want to um, agree with it and feel like, you know, we're in control and that's true. We are as women. We are autonomous beings. But a man does really make the choice of if he wants to marry you and you don't want him to feel like he was pressured into doing it um i don't know how deep you want me to go <laughs> go girl die <laughs> um i mean yeah questions i'll, I'll answer questions i'll, I'll questions. <laughs> so like i mean i've always wondered like you said you knew that he was something mm-hmm. but when he, I remember, I remember that video when he proposed. I was like, oh shit, he for real. <laughs> like, for real, for real. I remember the look on your face. Like, what you talking about? What's, what you doing? And I was just like, wait, this is just fast. Like, I'm just learning about this dude like a few months ago. And they getting engaged. And then I remember the first date the date that you told me was like march and then you was like no we get married in january what <laughs> yes i forgot all about that so we were originally going to get married in march because i was done with my master's program in february mm-hmm. and um i don't know what changed but i think i i know he told me that he didn't want to have a long engagement and so wouldn't <laughs> and I knew, like I said, by that time, of course, of course, by that time we're, we're engaged, I knew I did not want to wait any longer. Yeah. Um, so when I said when we went on our date, I knew he was going to be something. What I mean is um, my other best friend um, who lives in Alabama, she was concerned, you know, because I was living in Oklahoma by myself at the time. Mm-hmm. And, of course, if I'm going on a date, she wants to know where I am, you know, make sure I'm okay. Mm-hmm. And normally, I'm glued to my phone. And when I went out on this date with him, I was so caught up in him that I did not even remember to check my phone. So I had to, like, come to myself and remember to text her to let her know, hey, I'm okay. I'm just on this date. And I remember her saying, 
oh, y'all must really be having a good time. And I was like, yes, I'll talk to you later. Like, I just heard me, like, in the conversation. Mm. And, like, we grew up kind of similar as far as, like, family background or the sense that he grew up in the church. Um, I did as well. Um, he, he grew up with just his dad. His dad was a single parent. Um, so that was new to me. But I also gained from that conversation that he knew how to be a man, mm. which is um, something I always tell people is that the the reason why we were married is the very reason why we're actually getting a divorce. Mm. Um, because he knew how to be a man, but essentially he did not know how to be a husband. Um, and, and those are two different things. So, and I'll go into that a little bit further later on. Yeah. But um, I—that's I, how I knew he was going to be something because nobody had ever captured my attention in that way um, to the point where I felt so enamored. And like, and I—I—I I, I ran through some people. <laughs> so, wow. I ran through some. <laughs> I ran through some people in Tulsa. I'm not going to even lie to you. Because I was single and I was living. And, I mean, I was just having a good time. That was my first time living by myself, um, you know, after I graduated college. And I was just enjoying my life. And I didn't have any thoughts of ever getting married. Like I said, that wasn't even in my life plan. So, for somebody to come and take my breath away like that, um, really just took the cake for me. So, I knew this would be something just was not prepared for that something to be marriage <laughs> whirlwind but i will <laughs> say like it's not it's not that's totally like on brand for you like shit just happens in your <laughs> life y'all i i have known her for a long time as you as we've said and she always has these stories that I'm like, how does this happen? How do you end up in shit like this? And it was not until recently, like maybe what, two, three yes. years ago, yes. that I truly just believed that, you know what? She really do just be happening. She don't go looking for shit to happen. No, I do it? not. I, I know people thought that I actually go looking for the things that I get into. Yeah, but she, it really just happens. And not like... I can totally see you being like, oh, shit. Marriage? Yeah. Okay. So, like, you were young. You were 24, 25, mm -hmm. getting married. Like, would mm -hmm. you would you recommend? <laughs> um, absolutely. So, this is what I will say. Okay. What I recommend is that um, live your life first. Yeah. The reason why I was so content... And I, I literally have no regrets. Despite that, like I said, we're not together currently. Mm -hmm. I have no regrets about my marriage being as early as it was in life. Um, because, number one, I finished college, which I know is not going to be the same for everybody. Yeah. But I finished college. When he met me, I was already in my own career. I was finishing up a second degree. I was um, had my own place. I had moved out. I had moved all the way from Mississippi to Oklahoma. Started my life brand new there. Um, I had lived by myself for two years before he came along. So in those, in those two years, I did not have a roommate. Um, I learned so much more about myself. I'm an only child. Um, that's something that should be noted um, for this story. <laughs> I'm, an, I'm an only child. So I, I knew a lot about myself um, because I'm used to being by myself anyway. But 
when you live alone and you're in a new city and there's no family to come save you. Um, you have to make your own friends and make your own way. Um, you have car problems. You have to figure it out. Like all of these things you, you learn and you gain these experiences. That's so important to have before you get married. Um, that would be my only thing is to have those experiences. So if you've done all the things that you feel like you want to do, um, I was a traveler, so I've been all across the country. I have not yet been out of the uh, out of the country yet, um, only because I didn't have a reason to. Um, <laughs> but I would travel all across the country, um, so I, I did everything that I wanted to do, and it felt like it was a great time to do that. Um, like I said, I had no kids, so yes, I recommend if you have done all the things that you feel are important to you, and you feel like that's a great next step for you. By all means, do it. Um, the caveat is having somebody that's worth doing it with. Oh, a word. I would say, like, the biggest thing now, you know, everybody's leaning into, especially in, in the middle of a pandemic, it's like everybody's, you know, seeking therapy and seeking mm-hmm. healing and trying to get themselves together. I would say, in addition to living Whatever that looks like for you, it may not be traveling. It may just be, you know, entertaining, having casual sexual partners. Mm -hmm. That might be your, you know, your living. I would say heal first or start healing first. Like have an idea or know who you are before you start bringing other people into your shit. Mm -hmm. Because my biggest thing is like, I just, I'm going to find somebody whose baggage I can handle. Because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I can't handle my shit on your shit. Because now we just got a whole bunch of bullshit, and I, it's just not gonna, it's not gonna work. Because I'm trying to sit in and figure out and deal with my mess, and here's your mess, and now mm-hmm. I gotta figure out how to comfort you through this, as well as cope with my own. Like, no, that's not gonna work. But you, I've, I've always admired that fearlessness that you had that you have with entering marriage and sticking with marriage because I know you (laughs) I know your attention span (laughs) when it comes to dating (laughs) and I was like oh we got past a year okay (laughs) two three oh bitch we might be in here we hit four So, like, when did you know that this was on the decline? Like, how did you feel? What, like, where were you when you said, okay, it's time for us to part ways? Like, what, what did that space look like? What did that mental space look like? Um, so I will say that first, um, I'm trying to figure out the best way to put this. <laughs> when, when you um, are married, there is, like I said, a change that occurs. Mm. And you are no longer living for yourself. Um, the same as if you become a parent, a mother, um, or a father. Your life is no longer like your own anymore. Um, so a lot of decisions have to be made with the collective in mind, which is the two of you. Um, so my first 
um, kind of situation. Um, we had a, a little falling out. Um, it was more than little, but I'm going to say little for the sake of this time. <laughs> uh, about a difference in opinion um, regarding friendships. Um, and so I, from there, I kind of knew that this wouldn't last long. But because I believe in the sanctity of marriage and I absolutely... I knew who he was when I married him, which was fine. Mm-hmm. Um, that's another thing. You marry somebody with the expectation that they will not change. So, and then you also married them with the expectation that they could change. Mm-hmm. So sure. you are looking at two ends of the spectrum when you're getting married. Um, so I was prepared for the fact that he would never change his views on what he had. And I was prepared to never change my views. And that's fine. Um, but that was like kind of the first indicator um, our decline truly hit, and which is why this is so important to be a whole person. And when you were talking about baggage, um, it's important for, and I, I'm just, I'm speaking to women right now. Mm-hmm. It's important as a woman that when you choose to be married, you are not solely getting married to, um, feel validated, mm-hmm. to have worth, um, to, to be able to say I'm worthy. Somebody chose me. Um, be your own person because there are times when your spouse will need you to be there for them because they can't be there for themselves. Mm. So you have to be prepared to be able to be um, stronger than you ever thought sometimes. Um, So this is kind of where our decline hit. A year after we got married, literally a year, um, we got married in January 2016 April 2017, my father-in-law passed away from cancer. Mm. Um, A marriage that is new a year, even under five years, is not prepared to take on the death of a parent. Um, I was told that I was holding up so well because that type of loss, that type of baggage that my spouse now has is something that couples don't even see until sometimes 20 years down the line. Mm -hmm. So to take on that type of baggage a year one, you have to be a very strong individual. So I was prepared um, mentally and emotionally. Um, At the time, I had a very strong prayer life. Um, It took a lot. Um, And then there became a time where my husband was no longer um, in his grief state, but he changed into an asshole. And so from there, I kind of let him know, like, hey, I'm with you while you're grieving. I actually had him on my work insurance. Um, I paid for him to go get counseling every, every, thank you, every week, maybe, um, for grief. He got a lot better, um, but the damage was pretty much done at that point. Um, and it, we just kind of went down from there. Um, that's, if the person is not actively making the choices to um, move forward with life, and, and you'll never be able to get over a loss of a parent, Erica, you're you're you know that. Yeah. Um, you'll never be able to get over the loss of a parent, but if you stop your life, you will miss out on everything else that everybody else is doing, and the things that you could be doing because you're harping and standing at one moment. Mm-hmm. And so, my husband's problem was. He wants to stay in that one moment and not recognize the beauty 
that there is in life like life keeps going after that um and that really damaged us as a new couple so that's kind of when i saw the decline um another thing that erica hasn't brought up yet is my uh career in comedy and um it takes a very strong partner to be your partner while you're in comedy in any entertainment industry actually if you're doing any type of work and making some real moves in entertainment it takes a very strong partner um he just wasn't prepared for it um that's one of those things where i say you know prepare for your spouse to change or for them not to change and um this dream was something that i had already before him um and but the way that it came into fruition which kind of leads into erica saying things just happened to me (laughs) (laughs) the way it came into fruition um he was not prepared because he didn't that that's not the way that he saw it happening so that's kind of where the decline happened for us um just that my comedy career the death of his father um and by the time i got to my comedy career i had kind of already let go that this probably wasn't going to work mm-hmm. um just simply because of you know his behaviors um during the comedy um time when i was rising up a little bit more um yeah and then the fateful day that happened that was a straw that broke the camel's back <laughs> <laughs> yeah that was oh, child. you want to talk about that like... oh i don't mind i don't mind talking about it yeah um, i was outdone i was like <laughs> wait he's in wait for real <laughs> he did that uh-uh. <laughs> like I was, I was speechless, and I—that's rare for me. Like I'm always have something to say, but I had nothing <laughs> to say because I just, I couldn't. And now, let me go back. Mm-hmm. I had never met him in person. I don't even think I've ever even talked to him on the phone. Mm-mm. I don't think. Mm-mm. So, no. this—the only knowledge of him that I have is through her, through Andrea. Like. This is it. So the impression is like, okay, this nigga is mad. (laughs) It's crazy. (laughs) Like, he possessive. He, like, I was concerned. There were times when I was concerned. Like, like, is she okay physically? (laughs) Because, like, I was worried for real. But it's like, how do you, how do you say that? How do you present that without without Mm -hmm. coming off like you know offensive right right you know well that's the thing i never i think the the funniest part about it is um i never was worried Mm -hmm. i never like out of everything that we went through any fights i never was concerned for my well-being because i i don't know why it's crazy i should have been probably looking back on the faithful day which we'll talk about I probably should have been very much so concerned for my well-being, but I never was scared. Um, I, I don't know. I don't know why. So um, this was the final decline for pretty much the end of it, um, which led me to why I left him. Um, May of last year, I had a show in Memphis um, for my podcast. We were producing um, live shows and um driving home didn't answer the phone for him when he called um and i was on the phone with our manager at the time 
And um, when I did not answer the phone, I just kind of texted my husband to let him know I was okay. Um, mainly because we have this thing where he's on the road a lot because he drives trucks for a living. Um, he still does. Um, we basically have said like, hey, yo, if some if one of us is on the road, you know, and we can't answer the phone, at least text so I'll know you're okay. Well, I did that. I said, hey, I'm on the phone, you know, um, is there, you know, something wrong? Like, what's up? And he basically was like, well, nothing, never mind. So I just assumed that, okay, well, you know, maybe he's just calling to check on me. I'll call him back when I get off the phone. Well, I get off the phone. I call him back. He doesn't answer. So at this point, so this is the one thing that I learned during premarital counseling. You never think the worst of your spouse first. So in my mind, I'm just thinking, well, he's he has his friends in Baton Rouge. We end up moving to Baton Rouge after my father-in-law died. Um, I'm like, well, maybe he was just calling to tell me he's going to the basketball court. I don't think anything of it. So I get home. He's at home waiting for me to come home. We get into this huge fight because he's upset that I didn't answer the phone. And on top of that, when I come in, he's trying to pull my pants down to smell me. But I'm not aware that that's what's happening. I'm thinking that he's trying to have sex because for some reason, when I'm out of town, it's just something about being out of town. It just turns me on. So I'm being a wife and texting my husband like, hey, I can't wait to get home. So I get home. He tries to pull my pants down. I think, oh, <laughs> we're about to get started. Let me go wash up right quick because I have been driving for five and a half hours. Right. Let me wash up a little bit. So he gets upset. He's like, I can't believe you would do this. You not um, giving me, uh, you not letting me do whatever. And I was like, I don't, what are you trying to do? So he gets extremely mad. We get into a huge fight. I leave home. Now, this is something I would not recommend for anybody simply because um, when you're upset, you're in a, in a rage state. And I would never suggest for somebody to leave home when you and your spouse are in the middle of an argument, not just because of my situation that I'm going to tell you about, but just because you don't want anything to happen to your spouse. They're upset. And then something happens and it's something that you can never take back. Mm. Um, so I would never suggest leaving home. I left home this one night and I'll tell you guys, I told my husband anytime we would argue, I don't care how long you want to argue. I will go the whole 12 rounds with you. I do not mind. I, I don't care about arguing. It doesn't bother me one bit. Good things come from arguing. I'm okay with that. Um, but I'm not leaving home and you're not either. Just, that's it. That's up. We're not leaving home. But I left home this time. And looking back on it, it probably was for the best. Um, when I left home, he called me and told me I need to come home or else. Well, I don't take too kindly to demands. So, um... I requested an apology because of the fight that happened really was uncalled for. Um, he would not apologize. And when he told me to come home or else, I said, or else what? No, was I wrong? <laughs> Probably so. <laughs> Probably so. But it is what it is. It happens. <laughs> I mean, there's nothing I can do about it now. <laughs> no. <laughs> nothing at all. So, um, he says, come home in 10 minutes or else. Um, I don't come home. Let me just 
back up, Erica, we got some time. Yeah. I just want to back up just a little bit because this is why men, if you're listening, don't ever do something that you don't want being done to you because you're not going to handle it the same way. Mm. So, and that, that's for anybody. But I'm speaking to men because this is what my husband did and this is why I did not come home. So, about two weeks prior to this incident, we had just gotten a new truck. And he was out in our new truck. Not a problem. You paying the note on it too, sir. I'm good. Um, He stayed gone all night. And I called him and called him because I had to be at work the next day. And I don't feel like a married couple should be out. Anybody that's married should not be out really late at night. You know, you mm-hmm. have a boys night. Cool. But you need to come home at a decent hour because you have a family. You can't hang out like your single friends. And I'm not going to hang out like I'm single because there's nothing out there. So he stayed out all night. When he came home that day, the next morning, at about five in the morning, I told him, I said, you know, you wouldn't like that if I stayed out all night. I said, because if I stayed out all night, you would absolutely believe I was having sex. And he was like, you know what? You're right. But here's the kicker. I know that men feel like it's better to ask for forgiveness than permission. Mm-hmm. I will make you eat that. Mm-hmm. So don't don't do that because you can't handle it when it comes back. So two weeks, like I said, two weeks prior to this situation that I'm telling you guys about is when he stayed out all night after I asked him to come home and he felt like, well, you made me mad. So now I'm really about to stay out. Okay. Understand that I'm going to remember that. So when he told me to come home in 10 minutes or else, I told him the same thing he told me. I'm on my way. And I never came home. I ended up going to a girlfriend's house, stayed over there, went to Walmart that night, got me some clothes to wear to work the next day. He told me it'll be consequences when I come home. I said, cool. He's going to lock me out of the house. I'll deal with it when I get out of work tomorrow morning or tomorrow afternoon. So I get home. I'm on the phone with my other best friend. We talk on the phone every day after work. And I pull up to my driveway. I see that the doors are locked. Like, I, I go and get out my truck. I try to unlock the doors. The doors are locked. The locks are changed. I knew that. I look to my right, and to my right, there's a pile of stuff in the yard, and it's burned. So I'm looking, and I tell my best friend, I said, hey, I said, he burned some stuff. And I was like, this can't be my stuff. Because I'm looking at it, and I don't see any semblance of it being anything that belongs to me. So because we were living in my father-in-law's house, my father-in-law had a lot of junk. So I'm thinking, again, not thinking the worst of my spouse, I'm thinking, oh, he just burned some stuff to try to prove a point and make me think it was my stuff. So I call him, and I'm like, hey, you need to come home. Where's my stuff? And he's like, oh, I burned everything. I'm sick of your shit. We're not doing this no more. Blah, 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 blah. I was like, okay, go ahead and come home. <laughs> Let's talk about this because you being funny. All right. So he gets home. He lets me in the house and I walk in the house and all of my stuff is gone. Um, I walk in my workroom. All of my laptops are gone. I had three laptops. Um, my printer is gone. Uh, my machine I used to make shirts was gone. 
I walked in my bedroom. The closets are open. All of my work clothes are gone. My luggage has been emptied out from my trip um, out of town. All that's emptied out. And it's, and then I walk back outside and I realize that, oh, this is, um, this is my stuff for real. So that was my, that was my last straw. And, um, we got into a huge fight. Um, he knew he was wrong. Uh, very, very huge fight, uh, behind that. And I ended up leaving that day. I stayed at a, um, an extended stay for that week. I eventually came back home. Like I said, that was May 2019. I eventually came back to the house. But once you've burned all of my stuff, you've let me know that you no longer want me there. Because now I have nothing. I have nothing here. So that was time to find a straw. And um, from there, I just started making my plans to move out of the house. Um, Did not plan to be moving where I live now. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah. Jeez. Every time I hear that, I kind of get mad all over again because, <laughs> really, bro? Like, it yeah, somebody to, cue the White Nick Sales soundtrack. Yeah, I mean. like, it had to be <laughs> like that for real. Like, I, I think that's that's part of the reason. Like, why should I? Why should I get married? Like, why should I mm-hmm. risk having to endure something like that? Because it. Even I, I understand that he lost a parent. I know what that feels like. I know what that grief feels like. But at some point, that grief subsides. And so, mm-hmm. in a lot of it, it sounds like he was just searching for a way out instead of just saying, hey, mm-hmm. look, you know, I don't think this is working. I'm not happy anymore. Let's just end this. It was just like thing after thing after thing, situation after situation. You know, let me do something that maybe this will make her want to go. Mm-hmm. Like, oh uh, um, yeah, I agree. Um, I don't, I don't, I don't know if a hundred percent that like he really just wanted me to go because just mm-hmm. looking back on how um, it was when I was getting ready to leave, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> I paid one last bill before I left, only mm-hmm. because he asked me to, and he paid me back actually. Mm-hmm. Um during the time when I was getting myself ready to leave, I started working a side gig, dropping off groceries, delivering groceries Mm -hmm. and just trying to stack my money for the move. And he knew that I was moving out, but he did not know that I was moving here. Mm -hmm. And, and so when I got ready to leave, um, he asked me to pay that bill. He was like, Hey, can you pay this bill? And I'll pay you right back when I get paid. I was like, sure. I mean, I can do that. That's not a problem. So I pay the bill after I paid the bill, he says, hey, I know that that probably set you back a little bit. Um, if you need to stay a little while longer, you can. Mm. And that's what let me know, like, he didn't really want me to leave. But I had already told him once before, like, he had one more time to show me that he didn't want me there. And there was going to be no questions asked. I wasn't going to give him the chance to um, plead his case. I was just going to go. And I did. And so I knew, I, I know that when he, when he realized, like, oh, this is really happening, because I gave him a solid date. Mm. I said, I'm leaving October 31st. So I'm coming up on my one year of moving out. Um, damn. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> like 
I realized that, but I didn't realize. Damn. Yeah. So to give him a solid date definitely kind of sealed it for us. Um, yeah. The reason why I would say you should get married, though, is because, like I said, if there's somebody that you feel comfortable doing that with, mm. by all means, do it. Um, what I will say is, though, um, know that person. I know a lot of us have heard, you know, the Medea plays and right. all that. But she says, know somebody in all four seasons. That is so true. Yeah. Um, I feel like had I known... Um, had I known more about like his past before me, women mm-hmm. who had impacted him, like family is so important. Knowing somebody's family, um, Kev on stage and his wife Melissa, they have their podcast Love Hour, the Love mm-hmm. Hour, and so they talk a lot about your family of origin, and your family of origin really sets the foundation for everything that you do in life, mm-hmm. from relationships to um, you know career, your friendships. Um, so knowing the family that a person comes from and things that they might have gone through really makes a difference about the type of spouse they could be yeah. for you. Um, so I would say, yes, absolutely. Get married. Um, like I said, it's a beautiful work of art when it's finished. Um, there is so much work to do in marriage. And I think that that is where, and I'm gonna preach a little bit. That's where our generation loses um, in that sense. Like, a lot of us see people talk about, you know, oh, our grandmoms only stayed because they didn't have, you know, this, or they stayed because it, that's what it was in those, in those days. And this is true, but they also had a lot of perseverance. Yeah. Now, there are certain things that are absolute deal breakers, and that's great for you to have those as well. Um, don't ever lose that either. Um, but everything is not a deal breaker. And the problem with our generation is that we are dealing with the whole microwave generation. Everything is right now. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm looking at who could be my next option if this doesn't work out. Yeah. And that's just not what marriage should be about. It's absolutely not. Um, I think that was the one thing that my husband, I think that he thought that I had options if it didn't work out. And I told him, there is no plan B. Now, if I have to secure a plan B after this is over, sure, which I've done that now, I've adjusted but when I was in it, there there was no plan B. It wasn't a, if this doesn't work out, I'll just do X, Y, Z. Because my thought process was, this is, I'm in this for life. Um, so that's if so, you are, uh-huh. That's so admirable. Like, I, I don't. yeah no I don't (laughs) like I'm such a quitter when it comes to relationships like I I always joked and said I have relationship ADD but it's not even that it's just that like in past relationships I've I've dealt with things that I didn't have to deal with I've stayed Mm -hmm. in situations that I I shouldn't have but I was young and literally dumb and mm-hmm. naive and didn't have to deal with that stuff and so now it's like you know what you got one fuck up and if mm-hmm. it's if it looks anything like what I went through in the last relationships that's it I'm done but I was talking to my therapist about this and she was like so you just don't want to go through any of the stuff that mm-hmm. you typically <laughs> have to go through in relationships I was like I don't want to argue she's like but arguments happen mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. You know, disagreements happen. I don't have time for that, but it's it's gonna happen. Yeah. So it you does. you can't avoid those things because you're not going to always get along and agree. Mm-hmm. And I think for me, it's the, a lot of it. It goes back to my whole thing with my whole issue with vulner, vulnerability. Mm-hmm. Like it's a struggle for me. Um. But I, you're right. Like our generation really does want everything fast this contemporary microwave you know instant gratification um Mm -hmm. type of generation where we just we want it now we want it to be right we don't Mm -hmm. want to put Mm -hmm. in the work no work no work ethic at all yeah there's no work ethic we we just want it right now it needs to be Mm -hmm. right like i shouldn't have to I, I think one of the things I see on Twitter all the time is I shouldn't have to teach you how to love me. You should just know mm-hmm. how. Mm-hmm. How? And, and I think a lot of times that just lends to the fact that you don't know how to love yourself, that you're you're depending on somebody else to know mm-hmm. how to love you. So you can learn how to love you. I honestly wouldn't even give them that. I wouldn't say that because some people do know how to love themselves, yeah. but they're dependent upon the fact that, to yeah. me, I'm going to tell you just to be honest, that's a lack of life experience Mm -hmm. because when you meet someone that's the whole purpose of love languages like yes somebody should know like you know to date you Mm -hmm. or court you you know to keep constant communication um but everybody isn't a talk on the phone person everybody isn't a text person like there are certain nuances to you yeah that isn't true for every other woman that that man has been with every other man that woman has been with every other man that man has been with every other woman that woman has been with like you have to be understanding that mm-hmm. when you step into a relationship um everything is brand new and you have to be willing to put your heart on the line if you're going to say that you want something like that yeah. because yeah. marriage is the I've heard that marriage and parenthood are the two things that will stretch you the most. Mm-hmm. Um, you will find out the type of person that you are being a parent or a spouse. Yeah. And it's very true because I never, when people say that you can't speak on something if you don't, you, you have no experience in it. I never thought the things that I went through with my husband mm-hmm. that I ever would have gone through. And I still stuck it out. Um, mainly because I saw the beauty in what could be if we made it out on the other side. There was yeah. a, a high point in our lives, um, even after the death of his father, um, where we did make it through like one part of it. And he was able to even tell me like, okay, I can see how it you know, helps to have a spouse by your side, mm-hmm. you know, even in times like this. So it's okay to, um, see things that are red flags for you that's absolutely great that you have those um but you have to also understand that there's always going to be something (laughs) there's always going to be something you're not going to run into anybody that's perfect yeah it's just about what you're willing to take on yeah so when you when you finally decided that you i remember you telling me that he was like october 31st i'm heading out of here and i was like okay (laughs) where we going (laughs) what's the plan you know and then it was like la and i was like la this i wait a minute (laughs) (laughs) too much too fast it's too much too fast but in that moment like it it went from i'm concerned Mm -hmm. to 
she's gonna be okay and I think I told you like a few months ago like the whole time you were traveling like I fasted not and I don't I don't think I told you in that moment I think I literally just told you a few months ago mm-hmm. um that it it was because I was concerned at that point about your safety traveling like mm-hmm. I knew that you were safe apart from him but it was you know concerned about your safety traveling and then once I knew that you left it was how was she going to cope because <laughs> because you literally like you you just left and you was like I'm good um that's you know like you just I'm good I'm straight I'm fine you know all is well and I was like no <laughs> no no, that's just that's too easy, and like like I say, I know you, so uh-huh. it's like nah, that's too easy. Something ain't right, something ain't going right. She ain't she ain't saying something. She ain't telling me something, and it's just like it. I just kept saying like, Lord, just give her peace. Mm-hmm. Um, give her, bring her comfort. Whatever, however she's choosing to cope with this, however she's choosing to heal from this, however she's truly seeing, you know, her freedom, um, how, if that's what you want to call it, you know, give her that, bring her that. And I did, I fasted and I was like, I just want her to be okay because like you're traveling. I didn't know if he was like in a fog. I didn't know. I didn't know where <laughs> your head was because... Yeah. Like it, it that was my concern. So when you did leave, like, how, how where were you mentally, emotionally? Like, did, were um, you? Did you feel like okay, I'm done now, I can exhale, or were you like, damn, I just left? <laughs> absolutely not. Honestly, to be honest, <laughs> um, I still have literally weekly. I'm I'm not even exaggerating. Weekly, I have a moment where I'm on the phone with my mama and I say, I really moved here. Mm-hmm. So if you, I guess, I don't know if everybody caught it, but I now live in LA, um, which is, I want to say it was 2,700 miles. Far as fuck. From Louisiana. That's what we going to call it. Far as fuck. <laughs> and, and I drove every last one of those 2,700 miles. If, if that's not the correct, my, correct mileage, Y'all forgive me. I really don't remember. It's far um, as fuck. That's all y'all need to know. Yeah, it's far. <laughs> I drove every bit of those 2,700 by myself. Um, um, This is very difficult if you can hear by the the deep exhale. Yeah. Um, mainly because I am now going through therapy <laughs> to um, deal with all of that. Um I will say first that my biggest issue with moving was that I moved. And like you said, and even um, our good friend, Derek, who you've had on before, mm-hmm. um, he was uh, involved with this moving process. Um, he let me know, like, you're not going to be able to just move and be done. Like, it's, it's not going to be possible. You're under the impression that you're going to move. And with every mile that you drive, that you're going to be further and further away and you're going to be healed. And that's not the case. Yeah. Um, so when I got ready to move, the last trip I had home was for our 10 year class reunion, mm-hmm. um, for which I was the chair and it was awesome. Um, but I went home. Um, my family knew that I was leaving. 
Um, my mom was not happy because I had chosen to take the journey by myself. Mm. Um, and this was the reason why. I felt like I knew when I moved out of that house, and, and at the time, my husband did not know where I was moving to. He just knew that I was moving at that time. I felt like when I move out of this house and I get on this road, there is no turning back. That is the end of my marriage, for sure. Like, I I knew that I would probably never speak to my husband again. All these things were going through my mind, and I just wanted to be by myself um, so that if I want to cry, I could cry. If I want to scream, I could scream. Um, I didn't want to deal with having to entertain anybody. Um, I actually didn't even do much entertaining at all. I listened to music um i was actually hyped the whole way i think it was my excitement so when i got here i was so happy to have made the move um that i it's just a, it's a, it was a whirlwind like i don't even have words for it. it was a whirlwind so now um since august my life has calmed down a whole lot corona has helped to calm my life down a lot um, I was at comedy shows all the time, working or just enjoying the shows. Um, of course, L.A. is really big for its entertainment scene. So I'm there working, networking with people. Um, but Corona stopped all that and it slowed me down a lot. And then the the emotional fog set in. Mm-hmm. And in August, <laughs> uh, while I was on an extended vacation <laughs> while working remotely, I had an uh, an emotional break, a completely emotional break, lost all my shit, and came back from my trip and immediately went looking for a therapist. So during the time when you asked how I was during that time, I was fine. But that was because I had so much to like look forward to and um, I wasn't, I didn't have to think about the fact that I left my husband like it was more of a like, oh, girl, I left my husband. Like, I'm good. You're right. That's exactly how I was. But when the fog settles, like when the yeah. dust settles, there is a different part um, that comes out that you don't even know is there. And I probably should have already cried. But just because I was so caught up in doing my own thing, I just didn't take the time to. Mm. and and it it backfired I think it's in that moment like in in moments for all of us it may not be you know preparing for a divorce or going through a divorce it could be you know healing from childhood trauma or whatever apart from therapy you allow yourself to you Mm self-soothe you know you allow yourself to be in denial but therapy and your therapist is they're supposed to hold your feet to the fire and not let you say no I'm good mm-hmm, I'm mm-hmm. fine when you're not you know they therapy does it should not give you a chance to be in denial mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think I that's that's where it might it sounds like that's where you were like you just I have so much other stuff to focus on I, I can't focus on this but mm-hmm. that's still just you know that form of denial like eh, I'm good as yeah, long as I don't think about it. <laughs> and I, I don't know what I was thinking because I, I I know a little bit of what I was thinking because as women, um, we know that like 
we we are gone mentally before we're gone physically. We know mm-hmm. that. Yeah. Um, that it's not a secret. So men, I'm not telling any world no classified secret. secrets. We are absolutely gone mentally before we're gone physically. Mm-hmm. So in my mind, I was thinking because well, I've been dealing with this for two years since his dad died. You know, I'm I'm prepared to leave now. Like all he did was give me, you know, um, more of a reason to leave. Like you mm-hmm. helped me because now. I can just pack my stuff and I don't have to worry about any of this stuff that's here because I don't have anything anymore. Like you yeah. helped me <laughs> to not have anything here. And that's cool. Like, am I mad that I'm gonna have to replace all my stuff? Yes. But you've helped me so that I don't have to take as much with me on my way out the door. Mm, and, and as women, <laughs> and even just that's emotionally. Um, and then physically, you know, when a man does so much, you can get to a point where you don't have, anything else left yeah and that should be the point like when you know like okay this is it um but even like Derek, who was like i said very instrumental in my move um at the time when i was preparing to move um Derek was like a huge support system and i would cry on the phone with him probably nightly if not once or twice a week just questioning myself or if I was making the right decision um, because even though I, I, I felt like okay if I move out in Baton Rouge I'm good like if we get back together it's fine because I'll be in Baton Rouge but like I said I knew once I crossed the state line my marriage was done mm. I knew that and I just because I loved my husband and I still very much so do we just talked on the phone a weekend or so ago for like two and a half hours on video. I still very much so love my husband. That's not a secret. Um, I care about his healing. I care about where he is mentally because his dad looked to me to like keep him in line when he left. Um, So all of that was racing through my mind about the move and just leaving him and I felt like I felt like I was letting his dad down um for one and I felt like I was letting my myself down I felt like I was letting God down because I was so scared of what if I'm leaving too soon mm-hmm. what if the tide changes and he gets better you know why would I dip out this early but as women and even and even men if you see something that blatant to you like it's that that's such a blaring red flag um don't dismiss it um you can have commitments made to people and that's fine but nothing is worth your mental health nothing's worth your physical health um your safety nothing is worth that and like i said i'm never scared of him even me having this conversation is uh, there's no threats in my life so I want everybody to be aware. <laughs> and everybody got to pull up. <laughs> and, I, and I can defend myself, so don't <laughs> even worry about it. Um, but that just just that I, I felt so, so nervous about making that choice. Um, and I had so much support behind me. Yeah. But I still didn't feel like I was doing the right thing. And now, like I said, I'm at peace. Um, I thought I was at peace then. 
I'm no now I'm much more at peace than I was since I've started going to therapy. Good. Well, y'all, this is like very insightful. I learned some things that I didn't even know, but we're gonna talk about that off <laughs> off the air because we gotta dive into some shit. But um I'm glad we had this talk. I'm glad yes. like now I feel like I might be able to, you know, let somebody drag me down the aisle because that's what it's gonna be. Shut up. Um, <laughs> like I don't I, I the older I get, I'm just like, you know, I don't even need no big wedding. Let's just go down to the courthouse before he changed his mind because you want to marry me, bruh? For real? You crazy? You gotta be crazy. But um, I think we're gonna need like a part two, but it's not gonna be okay. like as deep. Um, it's gonna be a whole lot more relaxed because now we know why we should get married. Um, at least consider getting married. At least you know entertain the idea, dance with the idea of working on ourselves, healing ourselves and getting ourselves together and living before we commit to somebody else. Right. And so let the people know where they can find you on social media, plug the podcast and all that. <laughs> um, so I am on social media on Instagram as Jador, um, as in French J, um, letter J, A D as in dog, O R E, the letters D as in dog, J as in Johnson. I'm Jador DJ on Instagram. I am the producer of the Did You Miss Me podcast, um, which is um, three black men comedians telling their life stories um, with Billy Sorrells. You may know him as the pretty um, Kappa guy from Wild and Out, MTV's Wild and Out. He's been on All Deaf Digital, um, Delay. He's been on uh, HBO, LOL Network. Um, Kevin Danfool Simpson, been on BT. True TV, <laughs> Bad Boys of Comedy, uh, was with Lil Rail, all these. I have a lot. My guys have a lot of things that go on. So, Bitch uh, <laughs> Miss Me podcast on YouTube. Uh, like I said, I'm producer. Um, I'm my own person outside of the podcast. So, um, my personal page won't always be podcast related, but um, yeah, that's where I am. She be working, y'all. That's all I need to know. I do. She be I working do. hard. <laughs> Um, but yeah, y'all, please make sure that y'all are getting out and voting, early voting if you can. Yes. Um, cause it's voter die at this point. It's always been voter die, but like right now, please get out and vote. Tell your cousins them to go vote right. and all this kind of stuff. But we're going to have to have her back for another episode. It's probably going to be a Diaries After Dark. Just get ready for that <laughs> shit. Cause... Because I have been living that life. Child, been out Cheney streets, boy. But y'all go vote. Y'all stay safe. Wash your hands. Practice social distancing. Drink your water. Moisturize your knees and your elbows because it's getting cold out here. And mind your mm-hmm. damn business. But most of all, play nice. I'll holler at y'all. Bye. Do you have a question to ask or just need some advice or want to sprinkle some sugar on your situation? Visit the link in the bio. It'll take you to the website. From there, click on a spoonful of sugar submissions. All submissions are anonymous. And spill your tea, sugar. Spill it all. And don't forget to rate, review, like, share, and subscribe to the podcast on all your podcasting platforms. Some
more shows like this one, visit rockcandyrecordings.com.